0: Guys, what is happening? Welcome back to the show. This is Creating Space, and I'm your host, Wes Knight. And on the other line, I've got a guy who is in Space Jam. He was in American Pie too, but now he is the owner and CEO of Game On Nation, which is a leadership, communication, and confidence workshop company where they develop all types of ways to help people in those categories. Most Definitely, and most recently, he has developed the MILE curriculum, which is a leadership program based around game dynamics. The guy is a master in the art of play, and he combined it with leadership. This is Steve Shimbom, and Steve Shimbom is the man. Steve, what is happening, buddy? Welcome to Creating Space.
1: Wes, that's like better than a cup of coffee in the morning. <laughs> I don't need coffee. You just gave me a jolt of coffee. Yeah, hit you truck. with the juice. Good yeah, that's good. that's good.
0: Hit you with the juice. I had to start off uh, really, really impactful because I had to match your energy, man. High energy guy. I, in doing my research and in making sure I came prepared, I saw a lot of your leadership symposiums and, and your talks. Man, you're good. You're very good at what you do, Steve. Thanks, man. It's, Thank you. It's, uh, it's an honor to have you on the show. Obviously, it's cool that you've been on Space Jam. Yeah, American, <laughs> American Pie 2, specifically the trumpet, uh, the, that trumpet scene. That was hilarious. Give me a little bit of an idea of when Steve Shinbaum looks in the mirror. What does Steve Shinbaum see?
1: Wow. Now, I'm 46. Now, I see, first and foremost, uh, a husband and a father. It's huge for me. I waited until I was 40, till I got married. And uh, that was a. I just said I'd never ever take that for granted. I would never be that guy speaking out on the road without my wedding ring on. Like that's just important to me. So it's an awesome question, Wes. And that was what I would see now. Now, if you asked me when I was like 32 or even 22, the answer would have been different. But now, husband and father first and foremost. If I can get that right, and my house is in order, which uh, this is always hard. It's a lot of work. Then I feel like I have some credibility to maybe share some some things with outside groups on how to find balance, but I need to have my house right first. I love it. Filling your own cup up first
0: starts with the family. Tell me a little bit about that journey of waiting. You were Mm. obviously really, really successful in a lot of ways, um, chasing your dreams and and whatnot, but you waited until you were 40, which society says that might be odd, right? Uh tell me, tell me a little bit about being an iconoclast and making the right decisions for yourself, despite what society might say. That's deep, man. Ooh, we're going in early, Steve. We're going in early.
1: But it's imp- I love it, Wes. And that's why I love talking to you. you just, we get into it. Um, it's hard, man. And, and I'm so empathetic to these young men and women who are single. And it's a hard world to live in when you're single because everyone's all about, hey, why haven't you met anyone? So it, was a, it, was, it just wasn't in the cards at that point. I think, I think God wanted me to work on me first and make mistakes and fall down and, and do it alone. Um, because if I would have done the mistakes I made with the wife and children, that would have been messed up. So right. I just went on a journey. I had my LA journey from about I was in Chicago for college and then went back to went back to LA where I grew up and I uh, was in LA for about seven years and uh did my acting thing, made my mistakes, stumbled, had fun, all that, and moved out to Bradenton. So I had a second journey in Bradenton, Florida, where I my company partnered with IMG Academy. And I had that run too, where still made mistakes, still made decisions that were more like what kind of think of it as I I did things that that felt good versus what is good. There's a big difference. Right. I ran. Yeah, we all do it. I ran with what felt good. Felt good. Felt good to go out. Felt good to have a lot of um, uh, attention. And then I kind of made that switch to what feels good to what is good. And so, uh, yeah, it it wasn't easy, man. I was like, is this ever going to happen? But I met an unbelievably beautiful, amazing human being Uh, who's my wife now. And we have two beautiful little girls. And so that's who I see when I look in the mirror now.
0: I love that. You know, two experiences uh, that are so hyper different because LA obviously is Mm. LA, Bradenton, Florida. (laughs) Now that is um, the serendipity of this all because I was playing at IMG Academies. When you were there and you were there, leading and overseeing all the communication and leadership programs at IMG. And uh, oddly enough, I was playing for for Tom Durkin down there in the yeah, summers yeah. in the PDL program. So mm-hmm. six degrees of separation, Steve, we've been bumping shoulders for a long time. Yeah, That second life for you, obviously, you know, LA is LA, but tell me a little bit about that hyper difference between, uh, you know, LA and Bradenton and probably how that was really integral to your your
1: development as a human being. Wes, you ask good questions. I'm serious. This is, this is the kind of stuff we need to dig into. Yeah, LA's a lot of sparkle. I have dear friends out there. My family is still there, meaning my mom and dad and my brother and his wife and, and their girls. Uh, but yeah, you can get tricked out, man. There's a lot of sparkle and uh, it's a lot of beauty and it can a lot of rejection um, because you're an actor and you're auditioning. I mean, my biggest year, the, the year I worked the most I got rejected 650 times, man. No that's a, way. I mean, that's like, no, nope, next. Like, they don't even tell you. It's not like, hey, let me explain what happened. It's like, next. That's almost
0: two okay. rejections a day. That's incredible. Yeah.
1: Well, when you're auditioning, you know, 10 times a week. Yeah. So, and you wow. can be a work anyway. Moving to Bradenton was, and I say this, I really mean this word when I say it was a blessing. But I didn't know it was. So I didn't know what Bradenton was. I'd never heard of it. I just knew about a IMG Sports Academy. And they gave me this incredible offer to partner with with them. And and I said, you know what? I want to do this. And my friends were like, you're crazy. Like, do you even know what you're doing? I'm like, no. But I know that I'm not content and I'm not fulfilled right now doing this this LA thing and this actor life. Even when I was working, I wasn't content. When you're working on the set and you're not content, then you kind of know something's up. So Bradenton was a reset for me, man. And it was humble. I mean, Wes, I lived in a little apartment, one bedroom and I walked to work for a year because I didn't have a car. I was right next to the Academy and I would count the steps, uh, the cracks. And I knew how much, yeah, 221 cracks for me to walk. (laughs) And it was like, it was humbling. I went from like, Oh, I'm an actor and I'm on some shows and hanging with celebrities to like walking and counting the cracks. But And that was the best journey for me. And uh, it ended up being a huge blessing. IMG was uh, a challenging place at times, but also an incredible place to learn. And uh, I met my wife there. So the difference is, is drastic. And I think it's good to experience both. I think it was good for me to experience that limelight, Hollywood ego, all that fun and and sort of dangerous stuff, and then reset in Bradenton where you're counting cracks on the street.
0: So there's a lot of people who are in that zone where they feel unfulfilled in what they're doing or where they are, where their life is and how they've built it to this point. What do you attribute to reasons that you you were unfulfilled with what society would say would be an incredible opportunity in being an actor
1: in L.A.? I just didn't feel like I was adding anything to like improve the world, really. And I, I wasn't geared for that level of inconsistency. Uh, there's a lot of wonderful friends of mine who are doing well, and <laughs> they were able to get through this inconsistency and the rejection. I just wasn't geared for it. I also made poor decisions when I was in L.A. There was just a lot of sparkle, and you and I talked about doing what feels good versus what is good, and there's a lot of opportunity to do what feels good in L.A. Right. And uh, it just wasn't a, a great environment for me to be healthy and to feel grounded. And so that was part of it. And then another part of it, man, was I kind of bought into what I call false posters. Like for me, I felt like I was running this week in LA that was like waking up going, rise and grind, which is kind of a, a dangerous term if you don't have discernment under that term. So sure. there's not, so rise and grind. And then it was Tuesday was never give up. And Wednesday was fake it till you make it. And Thursday was, you know, it's all good. And Friday, <laughs> Friday was just do it. I mean, I literally was like kind of eating these posters every day that were um, very dangerous. There's no truth and guidance and discernment under the poster, and so that was kind of my weekly run in LA for years. And it can get tripped out, and uh, you start to your back starts to hurt, and you start to like wonder, like, wait, why am I rising and grinding? Why am I faking it till I make it? Why am I never giving? It? You know what? One of the terms that I think is really dangerous in our space, and whatever that space may be, you're creating space. We're game on, but I think we're all trying to help do our best to improve the world through purposeful and authentic engagement. This concept of like never give up, like I think it's jacked up. I say give up. If you're making poor decisions, if you're constantly beating your head against the wall and you're doing what feels good versus what is good, give up, man. I love
0: that. You know that I put on a mindset Monday not too long ago and it was called, if you're not sure, wait. And, I love that. It's good. And the idea is that, you know, there's two modes that you can be in. You can be in the action mode or you can be in the receptive mode. And um, yeah. the receptive mode is where you have access to God or source power or ideas that come into you and you're willing to open up to them, right? And the action mode is when you're, you've narrowed your vision, you um really focus your energy and you're pushing forward and you have your blinders on. That's where you don't see or don't have access to the creative force. Right? <laughs> so i i believe wholeheartedly that you're right in order for you to really have success you have to open up and ask the questions why am i doing this how can i do it more efficiently and how can it serve me and the the people around me to a to a higher degree steve it's it's magic and it sounds like that power was pushing you to bradenton um, and it was a powerful powerful push
1: it was and it allowed me to reset and reflect i mean you've done studies now on the power of taking a walk and the power of reading a book and the power of listening to music and the power of having good authentic conversation. And honestly, Wes, that's not really promoted a ton in LA because there's not a lot of money to be made in like, Hey, what did Steve and Wes do today? They took a walk. What? Like they, they need to rise and grind. No, man. Like they need to take a walk because yeah. they got to get their minds right. So yeah, that's just um, something that it's always been a, uh, uh, I always been something I want to share with others now because I didn't get it when I was early. In fact, just this morning, I was thinking about this term, like, just be you. Well, if you're treating yourself poorly or you're treating others poorly, that's a horrible, horrible phrase to follow. Just sure. be you. Like, sure. if, if you would have said to me when I was 25, hey, Steve, just be you, I would have kept being a fool. Right. So it's just – it's those kinds of things that I find interesting and I enjoy talking to you even when we weren't on this call prior. As, uh, I think we've complicated it. And I think when I say it, complicated, whether it's leadership, communication, confidence, any of these words, phrases, I call it just trying to help others. And um, I think we've complicated the process. And in doing so, there's a lot of money to be made because people can write books on how to uncomplicate it. But my thing is don't complicate it and then I don't have to buy your book.
0: What a segue, Steve. What a segue because I'm ready to talk about Game One Nation. I want to know the dynamic behind what it is that you do and how you're simplifying the game because trying, yeah. it's binary it really is life is binary yeah. right yeah. and it's and it's so much simpler than people want to make it can yeah. you give us can you give us a little peek behind the curtain of game on
1: yeah yeah i, I start By saying it's been a 20-year project. We're actually celebrating our 20th anniversary. started in 1997 in LA and in Santa Monica, Venice, teaching Pete Sampras media training, and it evolved. Congratulations, man. That's huge. It's exciting, and it's been a journey. But you know, I I think about this. I don't quote a lot. I'm not into quoting a ton, because I'd like to come up with our own thoughts. But uh, there is a great quote that I think Abraham Lincoln said, where he said, I would have written you a shorter letter. I just didn't have the time. (laughs) I get it. I love it, because this idea, how do you? How do you make it concise that's right So, in the most concise manner game on our, our mission actually i said earlier our mission is to do our best to improve the world through purposeful and authentic engagement most of our uh, training right now is live training we also have some online resources but we do live uh presentations 90 minute half hour full day presentations and we have 10 instructors throughout the country along with me and uh, our main audiences are threefold we work with uh professional and college sports teams uh the military and corporations and the idea is to create what we call game theory another term that's used a lot is interactivity or improvisation but really interactivity and improvisation can be tricky words because we're not doing trust balls and and singing kumbaya that's right. that's not what i interpret to be interactive or or doing the Q&A. QA is not really to me a definition of interactivity um but we actually play exercises, um, improv-based, uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? was a show people used to watch years ago. That might, Love that show. Yeah, what a yeah. show. So there's elements of that. So the idea is to get in and to actually move the audience so they don't just care about the message, but they remember it. And that message could be anything from culture development to uh, internal communication, to team building, to conflict resolution. Uh, but th- that's kind of our lane. And the idea is for them to take these exercises, not play them, um, but to remember the message. And the message is what you teed up early is this concept of MILE. The foundation of what we teach is based off of um, an acronym um, called MILE. And MILE was birthed because I was fascinated by why people played hide and seek. It's the most played game in the history of civilization. And we figured out and studied why. And we found that there were four dynamics in play. One was mystery. Where's Wes? I don't know, but I got to find him because I want to hide. Right. Incentive is the I. The incentive is I want to find you, man, and you want to be found. Because right. if you're not found, you're not playing hide and seek. It's a game called Wes is Lost. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. The L of mile is laughter, okay. and the E of mile is empowerment. And so these four dynamics we found were involved in video games dangerous video games, video games that are addictive, and then some of the games that are productive, but the majority of them are just time consuming and and are are wrapping and consuming our kids and adults for hours. But anyway, mystery, incentive, laughter, and empowerment are our four cornerstones. And we embed all four of those concepts into the exercises we play. And we found that when we do that, we can actually create uh, uh, something that, that people don't just care about, but they remember it. So. The art of play—it's so important yeah. for the learning process,
0: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's so integral to <clears throat> the learning process. What have been some of the more memorable moments that you've had where you've seen <clears throat> ha ha moments in the crowd or shifts in the building and the environment? What are some of the things that, that come to your mind as you think about all of the
1: twenty years of
0: mile or the curriculum and uh, the experiences that you've had?
1: I actually, yeah, uh, I usually I should turn this into a, a promotion of Game On, but I'll actually start with times that it didn't work. Because I think it's really important to not yeah. just say, hey, these were our victories. But like, you know, we were at IMG with with young kids and we would do exercises and they weren't fully mild. And we would have kids feel uncomfortable when we we're doing interaction action. Maybe we'd invade their space physically. We had a game where one time they were doing like a salsa dance. And I remember the young boy came up to me afterwards and said, Hey, I didn't feel comfortable doing that game with that 14-year-old girl. And this boy was 14 too. And I said, I'm going to never do that again. So it's not just the victories, Wes, but I wow. think as te- as teachers, we have to be humble enough to say, hey, that didn't work, man. I just completely just bail. I just I, I, I just destroyed it in a bad way. So, right. so that's one moment I'll never forget that young man saying, I don't want to salsa dance with that 14-year-old girl. That doesn't make me feel comfortable. And I was like, dude, I am so sorry, you know? Sure. Which also reminded me, like, we've got to be good stewards of interactivity. If you're going to teach and you're going to be in front of people, especially if you're doing something as, as challenging and risky as, as what we call game theory. You better, uh, you better know what you're doing. Uh, and you better be sensitive to how you set it up victories. Um, I mean, there's, there's also always great moments, but they're not ones that I created the moment created it. Right. Um, I've loved working with our, our active duty military. We do a lot of work with wounded warrior project in USO, and I've just felt so honored to be in a room with, um, a, a group of wounded warriors and their spouses. And we're teaching them exercises that, um, that allow them to communicate more effectively and to have a wounded vet come up to me and say, you know, Steve, these are exercises that I can use with my children. And, you know, Steve, I've actually improved my ability to connect with my wife because of these practical, tangible exercises that you guys have shared to me. That's a, that's a huge win, man.
0: That's, that's a, a magical moment because in any point that you can teach and engage and effectively change someone's life, I mean, that, that sticks with you forever. Why do you think some leaders that are running corporations, um, uh, just have no idea about leadership and the concept of leadership? However, by all standards, they're super successful. How does that happen? So- it's a great question, dude. I'm telling you, I'm not just saying this because we're on a Skype. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, who, who knows, Steve? I, I, you know, you're such a gregarious guy. You never. No, you never I don't. Really Listen, know. Listen, I will
1: tell you this: when you, I, I will say this before I answer that question. I'm a firm believer. If you're going to give encouragement, it better be authentic. Uh, I believe that too. 100%. I just, I won't say it. I just won't say it. I just never been a fan of. Oh my gosh, you're great. You're great. No, right. I just don't say it. If someone's jacking me up, I'll either not bring it up or off offline. I'll say, Hey, man. No, dude, it's 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 true. Authentic encouragement is way better than fake encouragement. I believe it. Uh, dude, that. 100%. How, how, are they, how are these? Le- shoot. I think we're being played. I think we're easily gamed. I think Sparkle sells. I think what we- is
0: that to say about us, though? Us, the the interpreters, the ones that are getting played, you know, what, what kind of
1: uh, well, responsibility
0: s- can we take in that,
1: you know? Is to step back, like you said, and not get gamed by the fake poster. Look, if you're rising and grinding and never giving up and faking it till you make it, all these messages that the the entertainment industry and the sports world's throwing us, you're, you're easily going to be off track. I mean, easily off track. You can have a false prophet come in and 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 say, "Hey, I got this snake oil," and you're like, "I want to buy it." Because when you're jacked, and I've been there, I've been the lost one when when you're just confused, making poor decisions, you'll take anything that feels good. You'll take sure. anything. So, the snake oil salesman that comes in is like but I feel like I want some of that man. I just I, you know and, and I am not judging because I've been that person who's been like I'm buying, you know? Right. And I think um I think Sparkles are uh, very alluring. I think I think um a lot of folks are 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 drawn by attractiveness. Um, and, uh, emotion. I think that's a big one. I mean, I know you talk about this a lot, Wes, but like as a former pro athlete, even I wasn't at that level, but the idea of emotional control, Mm -hmm. like do when I get moved and get those endorphins flowing and get all dopamine up like you do when you played hide and seek, but you're doing it in like kind of a, a more sort of deceptive way, man, I'll buy anything. Sure. I'll be like, (laughs) And and then when you get sober, not literally sober, but like you sober up on the dopamine, you stop and go, wait a second was that person speaking truth or not? Right. So I've been drawn lately to not the big boisterous speakers, like not the big loud chest pumped up. I've been drawn to kind of the quiet, humble person who's sitting in the corner and not speaking a lot. I'm thinking like that dude's probably the smartest guy or that gal's the smartest person in the room. So I just uh, think we're, I think we, I think we're just an entertainment driven society. And that, I mean, look, I, I watched the Grammys last night and She's awesome. I'm not going to turn this into some, but like Beyonce, I mean, it's just larger than life, you know? Sure. Sure. People are like, ah! Right. You know, when they're putting more idolatry on her and giving her more reverence than they are their, their, their mother and father at home. I, man, Steve, it, it just
0: puts me to another question that I was thinking about last night that I wanted to hopefully allow it to reveal itself. Steve, I've gotten to this point now where I've cut my cable off. That I, I just, I don't watch TV. Um, I read books. I'm, I'm at about 10 pages a day simply because I have to build up. I can't try to overwhelm myself by, by reading a whole book uh, in a day or two days or a week even. My question to you is, we can spend so much time researching and learning and um, acquiring the knowledge or, or the skills, but explain to me in your interpretation, the difference between the the receiving of the information and, and then actually taking action on it and going out and learning through experience as opposed to, you know, maybe uh, analyzing the entire time, right? Because I think part of leadership is learning how to lead yourself. And I think in my experience more so than ever, I have learned quickest through experience and through failures and through trying something even when I wasn't sure if I could do it or had any skills in the beginning. How do you feel about this process of like reading and accessing all of this information, but never really putting it into action as opposed to maybe not reading so much, not watching much TV, but going out and just trying things through experience?
1: I think it's a balance. I think it's a combination. I mean, we have to stay informed, you know, Sure. but the problem is when there's so much misinformation, how do you stay informed? That's right. So that's a big challenge. It's like, so part of it is what you're reading, you know? So we have to have discernment. Sure. So it's a balance, Wes. I think that um, we have to read, and I think we have to read opposing views. I think we have to read um, folks that you you may not uh, fully agree with, because I think it's important to understand their 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 narrative and their perspective. It doesn't mean you're, you buy into it. Um, and then I think we need to unplug, and we need to then put it into action. And I think it's a combination. But just rolling out and going for it. Man, you may not be ready. I've tried that, and then you know, sitting in your your room all day just devouring information without putting it into action uh, may not be very productive as well. So, it, and I just this is from my own personal experience is just is just finding that balance. But, but to kind of go deeper, um, there is a game being played out there. I mean, there's a lot of money to be made in us being imbalanced. There is, you know, sure. I, I'll, I'll never forget. And this hopefully, will go back to this question about information versus action. You know, I won't say who it was, but there was a leading uh, 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 um, executive for a uh, sports um, league. And I asked the gentleman, he's a good man. This isn't like some manipulative person. I said, um, what's your what's your competition for viewership? Uh, it's a sport played on the weekends. And he said, um, people who take walks, people who work out, and people who read books. Wow. Because just take that in. Just wrap. I mean, not... That's what's going on, folks. Like, anyone and I'm, you know, living life. Anyone who's unplugging, who's not watching the flat screen, is competition. If you're going and walking with your wife or your spouse or your best friend like that, you're not tuning in. You with me? If you're reading Whoa. a book – most people don't read a self-help book and tune into a – That doesn't really – it's not happening at the same time, you know, sure. and those who, who go to the gym or, you know, you can have it on the screen, but no one's dock, docking in all the time. But point being is for me personally, I'm not speaking to anyone else now at 46, as a father of two young girls, I need to work out more. I need to read more and I need to take walks with my wife. Those are three things that are being challenged and being attacked by um, advertisers. And, and I was in the industry. I get it, man. i mean, they're not bad people. Just in with discernment and, 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 and being consumed with discipline is the issue.
0: What are the reasons in your experience that you want to protect
1: those three things so valiantly? Because I am considered, I guess, a subject matter expert in my field. And who am I To get up in front of an audience and share confidence, communication, and leadership. If my life is jacked up, that is tragic. Mm -hmm. And as soon as my... My marriage gets in disarray. I'm shutting down my teaching and I'm taking care of my marriage. And if my children and I'm missing their soccer matches or I'm missing their graduations or I'm missing their their important events, then who am I to go out on the road and preach balance when I have none? And I'm not judging anyone else. This is for me. This is my mantra. And I never wanted to be that guy. I also just think you're better as a presenter when you're physically grounded you're emotionally grounded and you're spiritually grounded i believe that and i teach better because my curriculum is really tricky um, we're basically teaching game theory we're getting volunteers up west on their feet in front of others and we're role-playing and then we give tiebacks and we give observation to that exchange dude you got to be razor sharp because if you aren't you could hurt someone's back but in the leadership communication public speaking industry it's not as obvious as a fitness instructor. If you're a bad fitness instructor, your client is gonna blow their rotator cuff, hurt their back, or eventually go, This doesn't feel good. I can't do this anymore. Sure. Right? Sure. Right? Absolutely but in the leadership, in the leadership communication, public speaking world. It's not that obvious. So you could be hurting people's backs by just spewing um, just deceptive messages. You could, sp- you could get people and do interactivity and everyone's like, I can't stand doing this. I don't want to rub that person's shoulders next to me. I don't want to play that game. Right. But you don't know you're hurting anyone's back because it's not so obvious. And that is what drives me.
0: Steve Shimbaum, the creating space tribe, you guys have to understand why this guy came onto the show, the passion that he just came forth with that message of authenticity and really knowing himself and knowing what's important. What are some things that this relationship with your wife, which is so beautiful and, and, and allows you to light up like you have and your relationship with your daughters? What are, what are some things that love and communication and, and that process for you in life has taught you that has benefited your, your business?
1: That's, a, that's her best question, man. <laughs> Woo! For my wife, she's, um, she helps me be humble. She's not big in the sparkle. you know. When I met her, she had never seen anything I'd ever been on on TV, and I, she still hasn't. Like We always wow. joke. I'm like, honey, what's your fa- my favorite role? She's like being a father and a husband. Like, she's just, she doesn't get caught up in that, man. She was brought up in Bradenton. Um, she got it right early. She didn't make the mistakes I made, so humility is huge. She grounds me. Um, and then for my daughters, I think it just validated this play idea. You know, we came up with this concept of, you know, not, we didn't come up with it, but this idea of like hide and seek is so powerful. How can we take these concepts that are embedded in hide and seek and how can we use them, uh, with adults And, and now having children and watching them like play with authenticity and play with pure joy, um, has really motivated me. And then the final thing is Dude, I'm a 46-year-old father of a five-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old. I want to stay in shape, man. Yeah, absolutely. I want to, dude, I want to be around as much as I can for as much of their life. I mean, it, it, you don't need a book to understand that. I'd love to still be in shape when I'm 85 because I'm doing the math thinking, man, when they graduate high school, I'm going to be 60 and 62. Like, dude, I, I I want to be present um, yeah. and I want to, I want to take care of me so I can take care of them so they can improve the world.
0: Steve you're an an incredibly inspiring human being. I'm I'm grateful that you're in my circle now. I'm able to reach out to you um and, and really be mentored by you. I'm grateful that you've agreed to come onto the podcast and share your message. Last question for you my man as we round yeah. out this creating space. Episode. I want to know what you believe your legacy to be when it's all said and done uh and, and the waves keep reverberating on. What um what would you like that legacy of Steve Shimbaum
1: to be? Well um I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's still being written. I, I'd say I'm not I'm not the superstar who's gonna be have his own sitcom or have 12 books I've written. I don't think that's going to be my journey. I I, I'm around those people. Um, I would, I would hope first and foremost, like your first question that I would just be that my, I would have a long, healthy marriage with my wife and stay faithful to that marriage and to have my children respect me, not be best friends with me. That's not my interest, but to respect me and help them. Understand how to love themselves and love others. So maybe my legacy would be to honor my wife and to have my two children love themselves and in doing so, love others. And then it sounds kind of a little cheesy. I don't know any other way to say it, man. I don't need a yacht. I don't need to be recognized. I don't need for my face to be on a book, per se. I just um, want to simplify this complicated deal, which is communication and We've just been tripped out in our world, and I think that there's a lot of money be made by this complication that we're experiencing in our lives right now and this divisiveness that we're experiencing, and uh, I'd like to be a solid voice of truth. You already are that, Steve,
0: um, and is continuing to grow, and I have a feeling the best days are yet to come, and Thank I hope you. that in the future, if there's any way that myself or the Creating Space tribe can, can uh, increase that or do our part to help build that. I'd love to do that. Steve, thank you so much for coming on to the show, man. And I'm so excited to see what happens from here with you.
1: Dude, you're wonderful. I mean it, Wes. I don't give insincere encouragement. You ask such solid, substantial, deep questions, man. Wow. So thank you. Thank you for an authentic conversation. I
0: needed this. How about that conversation? That was something that really ignited my soul. And I left that conversation really asking myself, what am I doing? Where am I going? And as this thing continues to grow, am I staying really true to the initial focus? And am I really pushing this message from the same integral place that it began. And Steve forces you to do that. And Game On Nation is extremely important for our youth. It's extremely important for our working professionals. And it's extremely important for, as you could tell, the veterans who are coming home from their active duty and are needing to kind of reimmerse into society and learn how to work on team dynamic and communication in an environment that they haven't necessarily been used to or structured in for the most recent history. Communication, leadership, confidence, these are all super, super integral to creating space, to the values of our company and our movement. And you guys in the Creating Space tribe, I know that You wouldn't be here listening to this podcast if you didn't feel the exact same way. So it's a fantastic conversation. Please reach out to Steve or myself on any of our Instagram handles and let us know what you thought. Hit the share button right now. If you can think of someone who really needs to hear this message, hit that share button and send it over to them in a text, send it into an email, send it however way you think that it may get to them and really resonate with them quickly. I think that this message will help people become a better version of themselves most definitely. Get on over to creating com. Get yourself one of the Creating Space Snapbacks. I love receiving pictures from those of you who have purchased a snapback that are out being the best versions of yourselves and sending it to me to be able to post on my Instagram and social media pages and show to the people outside, that this creating space tribe is something that's magical and it's growing. And we are uh, super dedicated to being the best versions of ourselves and resonating at the highest energetic vibration possible. So I love every single one of you guys. Keep it coming. Uh, And take time for yourself today. Take time for your relationships today. Take time for others today. And let's not forget how important gratitude is. A couple of minutes when you wake up and a couple of minutes before you go to bed will help train your mind to see the optimism and not the pessimism. You guys have a great rest of your day. We'll see you back on Monday for Mindset Monday.